0: This is Inspiring Minds, a podcast focused on thought-provoking conversations between BSB students and our world-class faculty.
1: Hello and welcome to this episode of Inspiring Minds. My name is Lucy Finnegan and I'm a senior economics major in VSB and today I'm here with Dr. Carlton and Dr. Kelly to talk about their paper on alternative work arrangements and job satisfaction. Thank you both for being here today. Thank you, Lucy, for
2: um,
0: doing this interview with us. We're really excited about sharing our information with the broader audience.
2: Thank you as well, Lucy. And congratulations, by the way, in your being recognized for the Fulbright Award. Thank you very, very much. So to get started, how did you two become interested in this topic? Well, let's start by giving some historical perspective. For the first time in 1995, The Bureau of Labor Statistics, or the BLS, estimated the number of U.S. workers in alternative work arrangements, specifically independent contractors, on-call workers, temp agency workers, and contract firm workers. The BLS found that nearly 10 percent of the workforce was engaged in alternative work, with the majority employed as independent contractors. 10 years later, in 2005, they had found that little had changed in both the number and distribution of workers by alternative work type. But that all changed in 2015. In that year, the BLS found that the percentage of workforce in alternative work had jumped by 60% with all occupations experiencing increases. And while independent contractors were still over 50% of the group, the largest gains were in other work type categories. So why the change? First, there were changes in technology that freed up workers from sitting behind a desk in an office. Work became increasingly mobile. Second, post-2009, there was a very sluggish economic recovery after the Great Recession that made employers on the demand side of the labor market more cautious in hiring back workers. And lastly, there was the worker, the supply of labor. It is that side of the market that we were primarily interested in studying. Specifically, we wanted to try to understand what was behind greater worker participation in these types of jobs. Were the characteristics of these jobs such that they were attracting workers to them and would be reflected in higher job satisfaction than that in regular employment? in spite of not having the same attachment to the workforce and the typical fringe benefits associated with regular employment. We divided our sample into regular employment and two alternative work types, those in control of their work, independent contractors, and those not in control or less control, so those temp agency workers, on-call workers, and contract workers. So in your paper, you
1: find that individuals who have greater control over their work life arrangements typically have greater job satisfaction, even if they miss out on benefits and perks. Given this, do you think we can expect to see an increase in the flexible work arrangements offered by firms in industries such as financial services? And if so, do you think firms will offer greater flexibility in exchange for fewer benefits?
0: It's important to remember that here, job satisfaction is compared to those with regular jobs. So even though they may be missing out on some of the benefits and perks that those with regular jobs have, their job satisfaction is higher, which means that there are other aspects of these alternative work arrangements that regular jobs must not have. This does not mean that they would not prefer more benefits and perks if other things were the same. It's difficult to say if firms that offer regular jobs will start to offer more flexible work arrangements, and it could be that there are other aspects of these alternative work arrangements that these individuals prefer beyond simple flexibility. For example, they may prefer having more control over what they do, and when they do it, than a firm offering regular jobs could possibly accommodate. However, if firms keep losing seasoned workers as they move up the job ladder, and if they value diversity, and cannot find enough diverse workers to hire, then they will need to respond to the needs of workers. This is an issue that we keep hearing about and what I do not see going away. Consider the lack of paid family and medical leave, as well as a growing elderly population that will need to be cared for. Workers want to work, and they want to care for themselves and their families. In terms of trading off compensation and benefits, This is something firms often do to be able to hire and retain the workers they want. So it is possible that firms would
1: offer and workers would value a different mix than they now have. So you also find that women in particular report greater satisfaction when they have increased control over their working arrangements. How does a woman's care burden
2: play into this? We expected that given social norms around household responsibilities, women often choose alternative work arrangements for family-centered reasons like childcare or elderly care, which complicates their feelings about job satisfaction. But we also knew that alternative work arrangements are not all the same. We expected that female independent contractors would have a stronger preference for this type of work because the flexibility and autonomy it offers would contribute to both family care and financial needs. On the other hand, we would expect that female temporary agency workers or on-call workers, or those who we refer to not in control of their work, would be less satisfied with their jobs as they often settle for rather than prefer the employment arrangement. Their motivation is often to have another source of breadwinning in the family rather than choosing it for family-related flexibility. What we found was, yes indeed, female independent contractors have higher job satisfaction than those in regular employment. But surprisingly, that holds for women in both professional and non-professional occupations. So flexibility, predictability, and control over hours matters to women in the labor market, regardless of occupational type. We got similar job satisfaction results for men, but the outcome may have been for different reasons. Men, on average, choose work for work-centered reasons, like status and higher income. Not surprisingly, male independent contractors with significantly higher average family income than those in regular employment, both in professional and non-professional occupations, had higher job satisfaction than their regular employment counterparts. Somewhat surprising is that for both men and women, there was no difference in job satisfaction between those in on-call and temp agency jobs and those in regular employment in spite of the fact that no controlled jobs have more interruptive and unpredictable hours that could potentially create greater disruption to family and social lives. What it may come down to for both, whether you're in a payroll job or not, is that you're working for someone else and you're giving up control, and that may impact your satisfaction regarding the work that you do. You
1: also mentioned that these alternative work arrangements frequently exclude individuals from forms of social insurance, such as pensions. If more and more people choose these arrangements to heighten their short-term utility, what do you think will be the impact on people's long-term utility and society as a whole? To the extent that these types of work arrangements become more prevalent and workers
0: do not have access to forms of social insurance, such as pensions and health insurance, this could be detrimental to society. Some workers, of course, may have access through a spouse or a significant other, and some may be able to purchase these on their own, but a vast number would not be able to. This leaves them, as well as their family members, in a very precarious position should one become ill or when they retire. If we value providing individuals access to these types of insurance, then as a country we need to rethink how to provide them outside of the way they have traditionally been provided, which has been through where people work,
1: for those who work for firms large enough to offer them. What further research do you think needs to be done on alternative work arrangements?
0: It would be interesting to see more case studies where individuals are interviewed and then followed over time. Interviews provide an opportunity to find out exactly what is impacting individuals' decisions, while large databases, such as we use here, with limited questions often leave us with even more questions. Since many of these alternative work arrangements are fairly new, it would also be interesting to follow these workers over a longer time period to see how they and their families fare using several outcome measures. For instance, what happens to family income? What's the impact on happiness? What are the education outcomes for their children? How do their children fare in life? How do they cope with the absence of benefits if the need for them arises? How do these individuals make out in the long run? It would also be interesting to look more into the sectors where these alternative work arrangements have been growing and see what is unique about them that has allowed for this growth.
1: Well, it certainly sounds like there's quite a lot more to explore in this area, but I would like to thank you again so much for sharing um, your research with me and the Villanova community, and have a great day.
2: Thank you so much, Lucy. It was a pleasure. Thank you, yes.
0: Thank you for listening to Inspiring Minds. Stay tuned for our next installment featuring more VSB students discussing research
1: topics with our world-class faculty.